The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it, signing day 2021 with Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We are loaded up. Some of the 2021 class uh, will be with us shortly. Ernest Hausman going to lead us off. Uh, standout uh, linebacker. Uh, we'll hear from Coach Frost. We'll hear from Coach Chenander. We'll hear from uh, Gage Stanger, of course, from Millard South. Uh, Kevin Williams, uh, part of the portal grab for Nebraska. Greg Smith will also check in with us as uh, Greg uh, all over it uh, when it comes to recruiting and uh, the job Nebraska did today. And it isn't going to stop. It's a situation where, you know what, Nebraska will keep eyeing prospects and talent in the portal and there's still a second signing day. Uh, that could be uh, pretty beneficial for Nebraska in February. Of course, uh, we'll hear from uh, Coach Whip. Mark Whipple was was really awesome to uh, to hear from and sit down with as uh, he is he's a pro, man. Elijah Herbal has been all over it uh, back here at the studio. So your uh, your 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 uh, your speed gun outside hit what, Elijah, with the the wind. Oh, about as fast as my uh, my fastball back in middle school, 93 miles an hour. So you hit 93 in high school, huh? Middle school. Middle school. And, and you're <laughs> sitting here with me on signing day. I yep. love it. Uh, let's welcome in uh, part of the Nebraska recruiting class. We say hi to Ernest Hausman with us. Ernest, thanks for uh, leading off signing day here on Hale Varsity. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing well. Uh, so uh, just take us through your day. Take us through the process if you can. And are you relieved that uh, today's finally here? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a really crazy day for myself. Um, you know, I kind of uh, pushed everything in my, my morning routine, stuff like that, up a, up a little bit, uh, just so I can get my signing uh, taken place a um, little bit of after 7, 7 a.m., um, just so I can get down to the uh, Nebraska staff. And, you know, it was just a norm, normal school day. And then I just uh, finished my signing um, just, uh, just a few minutes ago. Uh, after school, you know, we had a little tornado shelter, so we had to take cover for a little bit. Um, and then we had to just uh, resume it afterwards. Weather's been incredibly temperamental today all over the state. Uh, we just got out of a tornado warning here in Lincoln, and everyone safe and sound, okay doing up in Columbus? Everyone healthy, okay? Yes, everything. Every, everyone's good right now. So when it came to, to Nebraska, and I know Nebraska came hard after you, tell me who you connected most with on the staff, who was kind of your lead recruiter, and follow up with that, if you can, from a peer standpoint. Who did you connect with on the team when you visited? Yeah, um, I, I, from a coaching standpoint, I really did connect with Coach Lou. He was, he was for, um, you know, I know uh, 
Sean Dillon um, was the first person to reach out to me. But, you know, once once he uh, hooked me up with Coach Rude, um, I really did uh, think uh, it just uh, just took off from there. Um, you know, just him him, him and his uh, football background, um, this is, is really smart. And, you know, I, I wouldn't want to play for any other coach like that uh, to spend my next four years with. And just not just not just the football fan play. You know, him as a person is incredible. Um, just incredibly, uh, just a very, very uh, nice person. Just an easy, easy uh, going person, and you know he's just really, really fun person to be around. Just love his energy, and you know just, um, just his vibe that he, that he reflects off himself. So it's, it's just awesome to be around him. And you know from from a, a teammate standpoint, how do we do? Uh, co- uh, Randy, Randy Kapai uh, was the, the person I really did connect with. You know he was my host on my official visit. And you know him and I just really, just really uh, got along very well. You know, with with his similar background, you know, being from Africa. Uh, so you know, I just really think we just really connected from that standpoint. And you know, we just we've kind of been through uh, putting the same same shoes a little bit um, in circumstances. And you know, just to see that we we can be able to play on the same team together and the same position and be as teammates. Um, it's just a really special moment. Ernest, you've been one of the, the longest tenured Husker commits committing, I believe, back in March. Uh, and, and now you've got to see all the ups and downs of this season, some coaching staff changes. Uh, but now that you're, you're signed, sealed, and delivered, can you tell us, was there ever any moments of doubt in your commitment where you thought maybe Nebraska isn't the right school for me or were you always locked in? No, I, I was always locked in from day one. You know, once um, I knew that when I was going to, when I was going to commit to a school, um, that I, I either had to be all in um, well, I was not going to commit to a school, and you know, um, you know, I, I had a kind of recruitment deadline that you know I wanted it to be before my senior year, um, and then I kind of took a little further and I said I wanted before my summer of my senior year so that I could focus um, through summer training and just focus with my school and with my football team. And you know, I didn't really know when when the day was I was going to commit, um, and you know, it was it was tough because uh, just just weighing everything. Um, all the pros and cons of all the schools, listening to everything like that. Um, you know, you always have. So when you when you get to the pros, it'd be everything good. But then when you get to the cons, you know that that's when you would you know give yourself some doubts in your mind. And so for me, it was you know I, I had the question that you know my sister asked me one day. She was she asked me, you know what's it, what's it going to take for you to get into a school? And you know I I really didn't really have a have an answer for her um, at the time when she asked me that question. You know I really took that to heart. Um, and I really, I really couldn't give her an answer. I didn't really know what, what, what it was that's going to make me commit to a school at the time. You know, I just have all these things. You know, I have all my things on my spreadsheet and everything like that. Um, you know, and that's that's why when, um, you know, I, I, had, I had to take it to another level. You know, I, I had to give, um, I had to bring. I, that's when my spiritual level to God, you know, really, uh, really took off a little bit. You know, I knew I needed a, a second hand in this. You know, because this decision um, at the time for me, you know, I knew it was going to be a lifetime decision. And you know, no no better person than to have God on your side making that decision. And you know, when when the time I knew that I was going to commit, you know, the day I had I had scheduled I had scheduled Zoom calls with other um, other Power Five schools that day. And so you know, I I didn't have no clothes going to commit that day. And you know, once it once the I knew I was going to commit, it was like all the way it was lifted off my shoulders uh, when I was going to commit and who the school I was going to choose. Um, and that's when I knew God was telling me that this is the school to choose from. And you know, once once I knew immediately, I co- I texted co- uh, Coach Dylan and I said, "Can I get a Zoom call with these coaches?" Um, and he set it up um, in very very fast in a few minutes. And you know, I canceled the Zoom calls um, and I committed that day just because I knew that moment that I was always in that school and going into the season. 
I knew that no matter what the wins and losses was going to be on this year, that I would commit to a school 100%. Um, and nothing was going to change that. Curtis Houseman with us on Hale Varsity Radio Signing Day 2021. The uh, standout from Columbus, linebacker uh, in and uh, a smaller but uh, potentially mighty class for Nebraska. Ernest, tell us a little bit. Uh, you, you shared your, your faith in, in that, that part of your life with, you, with us uh, just a moment ago. Can you just touch on your perseverance uh, just from, from the adoption and, and also from some of the health issues you faced as a young child to also the transition to America? Just what's kind of kept you going? Yeah, it, it's crazy. You know, from, you know once, once the first day I came to America, you know, I, I immediately wanted to go home at the time. And, you know, as I, just, as, as I grew up and developed, you know, going through the trials of my life, and just never giving up and just keep persevering. You know, it was, it was um, I, I was starting to see um, some progress. But, you know, I would, I would look around me by friends and I would see that, you know, there's still, there's still out of the game for me. Um, there's, there's still above me in some areas. And, you know, that, that kind of just keep push, kept, kept pushing me. Um, but then it, there were some times that was harder um, because I knew some of the things that, that I couldn't fix. And at the time, um, you know, especially with the physical therapy, you know, with the foot, you know, I, I can't control when I was going to get feeling. Um, completely have my foot and be able to do the things that they were able to do. So there were some things early, early on that I couldn't control. And, you know, as, as I grew up and developed, um, moving on in my middle school um, and in high school, you know, there, there, was, there was some tough moments there where I, I didn't really know what was going to do with my future at the time. And, you know, um, you know, and I truly believe, you know, that, you know, that's the time when my spiritually, um, I really did take off, you know, during, during my uh, early, early high school moments, you know, when I needed the most, when I needed him the most, um, especially making decisions and just to see um, where I, what I would be doing, you know. Um, and the question that really kept up popping in my head, you know, those time of the difficult moments was, you know, why, why was I chosen um, out of all my siblings to come to America? And, you know, that, that question alone um, really just motivated me um, to make the best of this moment um, because, you know, my parents uh, in Africa, you know, they gave up a lot. And I know that, um, that they know, I know that they would want me uh, just to make the biggest impact possible. You know, I, I, that's my, that's my truly only goal in this. You know, I want to make the biggest impact on this world as possible. And you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful and blessed enough that I can make this impact. Um, I'm going to be able to play football for Nebraska um, and have a, I'm able to make an impact um, um, at, at a statewide level um, and globally as well. So you know, it's, it's really been a blessing. But you know, I could have done it with uh, Lord Favor himself. Um, because through all these through, through all these tough moments, you know, my, I know myself alone can have, can have got through these moments, and you know, I just I'm really thankful for that. Ernest, we'll we'll wrap and thanks for sharing your story with us and phenomenal feature on on Ernest in the Hale Varsity magazine. Uh, Ernest is on the cover of our recruiting issue, uh, really in depth there with with Ernest's story. And Ernest, uh, at what point in in your football life did you fall in love with football? How old were you? I really did believe I fell in love with the game right away at the time. You know, at the time, I didn't really, I didn't really, I knew I do I love the game of football. Um, I did not know the amount of success I was going to have with the game of football at the time. I did know, I did write on my sheet that I wanted to, I wanted to go pro in football. And that I, I knew I wanted to, I remember going to a Nebraska football game. And that, you know, I'd go to a game and I'd say, I, I want to be a Nebraska football player. I remember telling myself that multiple times every time I go to that game. And, you know, just the fact that everything has come to this moment um, and signing that and making it official 
Um, it really just puts it on another, another level of how, how special it means to me. And, you know, just the fact that I get to be able to live out uh, my dream of mine and just be able to contribute. And, you know, just the fact that, um, you know, where, where my mindset's at right now, um, you know, it's, I believe it's, it's the best it's ever been, you know, since coming to America. And I believe all these trials I've had in my life, you know, I believe God put them in my life uh, for a reason um, to help me out in my future. And I, and I can't wait to be able to go to Nebraska and to just put the hard work in. I um, mean, to know, know that I have someone right next to my side and that I can do all things. So, you know, I'm really looking forward to uh, playing in Nebraska. Ernest, best to you. We'll uh, chat again and enjoy your day. Thanks for sharing your thoughts. Thank you. Take care. Ernest Houseman with us on Hale Varsity Radio. We'll have that full interview with Ernest posted on uh, ESPN Lincoln's Twitter handle and, of course, the on demand. But impressive young man, great community in Columbus uh, between his process to. To, to come to America through his wonderful family, through adoption and overcoming uh, and having to go through physical therapy with uh, some health issues and, uh, and then just hitting that point and uh, the straight from him about just that dream of being a Nebraska football player, pretty powerful. And uh, he's one of the, the guys that uh, it's an in-state kid that got recruited by a lot of Big Ten powers, and Nebraska really uh, got on top and uh, stayed with him and credit to Coach Rudin company. Yeah, and I, I think from hearing his story there, you can see why he, he was featured on the, the front cover of the Hale Varsity magazine. Uh, just an incredible story, his perseverance to be able to even make it to college football, uh, or I should say even high school football, and now trying to, to make it a college football career. Uh, Ernest Hausman is going to be, I, I think, a fan favorite based on everything I just heard from him and his story. Uh, and also whenever you go watch his film and what he can do on the football field, he's incredible. We're going to have uh, Gage Stanger uh, from Millard South, uh, Elijah's conversation with him coming up at 4.50. Let's run a little bit of uh, some thoughts here from Coach Chinander. He spent uh, a little bit of time at the round table on Gage and also Applegate, uh, two of the other in-state prospects. Here's Coach Chinander on Gage and what Nebraska's getting. The number one trait I like about Gage Stinger is he's a winner. I thought Scott said he's one of the best players. I thought, you know, I, I thought he was probably the best player in the state. And there's a lot of good ones. I think we got, we potentially got the top two on defense and Apple getting Stinger. But you watch that guy's film and he's playing safety. He's playing kind of box safety linebacker. He's making plays. He's tackling the football. Then on quarterback, he's throwing the ball. He's running the ball. But to me, like we, I think we all knew he was a really good football player. When I went and watched him live in the playoff game, he was hurt. But the leadership that he showed on the sideline, he knew I was there. He didn't, he said hi to me. But other than that, he was locked in. He was coaching guys. He was encouraging guys. He was staying ready on the sideline. Uh, I just think that guy's a winner. And I really don't care where he plays. I just want him to play for us. That's pretty good stuff from Coach Janander and just the uh, fortitude you have. Uh, Let's turn our attention here to Coach Whipple or Coach Whip. And uh, he was asked, you know, what's his take on the topic of power football? It's safe to say Mark Whipple could be running the ball guy. Well, yeah, I mean, it always, I mean, Pittsburgh Steelers, it's always going to be in my, you know, we won a Super Bowl. 
you know, and that's part of it. You, and Russ Grimm said it best. Good teams run the ball when the defense knows they're going to run it. So that that's in my DNA. And that kind of always has been. Um, but I also go back to what I said first. I want to do what the defense doesn't think I'm going to do. <laughs> you, you know, and that's, you know, so that's what it is. And those things will come together. So he's all for being able to slam a football in the red zone running the ball but some some really good stuff we're going to have coming up from coach whipple uh, when it comes to quarterback relationships uh they are looking for a portal quarterback but he's also excited about working with the kids that 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 are on 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 the team right now at the quarterback position nebraska listen they 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 nailed the personality that they have to have on the offensive side of the football in Mark Whipple, right? I know it's Pitt scoring a billion points and they're high-flying and high-wire acting and their point totals and red zone and all their stats speak for themselves. They've got a dude that is just going to sit and he's a guy you want to have a beer with. He's a guy you want to go play around a golf with and he's going to be able to make it fun. Make it fun for your quarterback and keep them anxious to come into the facility every day. We'll have more from Mark Whipple. Mike Babcock's on the way. Kevin Williams, Gage Stanger, Greg Smith, and a basketball thought from Andy Markowski. Hail Varsity Signing Day 2021 continues presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Well, Nebraska got great news at 3 o'clock. Uh, one of the best in Minnesota this senior season. Emmett Johnson has uh, he's in for Nebraska. Uh, great conversation with Ernest Hausman. Uh, Gage Stanger coming up here before the hour is done. Greg Smith here next hour on to Nebraska's class today. And Kevin Williams, uh, offensive lineman from Omaha North that was at uh, Northern Colorado and now back uh, back in Nebraska with us in about uh, 20 minutes. We welcome in uh, Nebraska football insider, historian, author, Hall of Famer Mike Babcock with us at MD Babs on Twitter. Babbers, uh, you make it home okay, brother? Uh, any any damage you're part of town? Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I made it home okay and uh, just had some things get blown off the garage and so forth. But, um, no, there was... There were some people that had to deal with uh, some bad things, though, from what I see on the news. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a pretty rough uh, rough go here uh, with the, the weather situation. We're glad you're safe and and healthy. Uh, wanted to, to touch base here. Uh, Coach Frost had his comments. Kind of went down the list of, of kids. Uh, I want to 
go there in a moment, but I wanted to kind of get your take and, and thoughts on, on your sit down with Mickey Joseph at the round table. Uh, Mickey, uh, of course, uh, a high profile guy that, that was in Nebraska as quarterback. And now he's back helping with the passing game and going to be a monster recruiter for the big red. You know, what, what did you take away from Mickey's uh, interview session and when, what stood out to you? observation about monster recruiter i think that was one of the themes of of the questions that he got um because i think you know and he even described himself that way he said well okay that's that's fine if people want to call me a recruiter that's fine he said i've never seen a a good coach with bad players or a bad coach with (laughs) good players so um recruiting is a good thing and yeah and he does have really a good uh, recruiting background, particularly in the South, so um, that's a, that's an area that uh, would really be a positive for Nebraska. And you know, I think his experience uh, at Nebraska uh, it, it came across that uh, you know he was really happy for the opportunity uh, to come back to Nebraska. And he he said something during the interview that I thought was was pretty interesting. He said he just had a feeling at the beginning of the season that he was going to be coming back to Nebraska. He said he didn't know why, um, but uh, but he had that feeling and that that was just uh, um, kind of a precedent for what was going to happen, and it and it did. So, um, you know, I covered him. He was a great guy to, to deal with, I thought. Um, had a really uh, difficult end, not end, but, effect on his career when he got run into that bench against Oklahoma in 1990. Um, but he's got a, you know, he had a great attitude and and uh, I just think he's going to be a, a welcome addition to the staff. Um, he talked about uh, coaching receivers, you know, that uh, quarterbacks are prima donnas, you know, you only get to put one of those on the field and with receivers you can put two or three or sometimes four on there, so um, he really likes uh, dealing with uh, uh, the the, uh, one, the receivers. He, I think, is really good at, at connecting his personality and then kind of figuring out the receiver personality that that mindset that 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 star kind of persona, right? And yeah, and he's able to historically get the best out of get the best out of the best. Yeah, yeah. He said he wanted, you know, and you hear coaches say these kinds of things, but I, I always like it's always a positive. I think, you know, he said that he wants these players to, you know, be professional about things, and and uh, um, when they're off the field, you know, they're friends. When they're on the field, they're competitors, and and there's no friendship part of it. And uh, and somebody said, well, then what happens when they get off the field? And he said, well, that's. That's what being professional about it means, is that they're friends when they get off the field. Uh, that's important, but he wants to build that competition, and he thinks he has some guys in the room already that are going to be in a position to do that. Mike, we heard a little bit today from the press conferences about, uh, especially from Coach Frost, asked about a transfer quarterback saying they think it needs to be the right guy, uh, but they're leaning towards picking up a transfer quarterback. Do you think that means that they... Hello? Mike, do you have me? Yeah, I got you. Uh, all of a sudden, I didn't have Smitty. 
You must say, we, we, we're good now. Technical <laughs> okay. difficulties have been solved. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, right. <laughs> I wanted to ask about the press conference thoughts today from Coach Frost where he was discussing the transfer quarterback saying, uh, we, we want to have the right guy, but that is something we're exploring, something we're leaning towards, bringing in a transfer quarterback. Do you think that means that they, they have a guy in mind that they want to bring in? Yeah, I do. I, I do. I think they've got somebody in mind that they want to bring in. Do you think that's Miles Brennan? Uh, well, you know, that would be the, that would be my guess, but – you know, I emphasize or underline the word guess uh, on that because I don't ha- really have any great insight into that. You know, Greg Smith will probably have a better insight uh, when you talk to him. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's the sense that I, that I, that I have, that uh, he'll join the competition at quarterback. And, you know, that's the one thing that I, that I feel is that, uh, you know, they, Scott Frost, they, they recruited some others. They recruited Harvard. You know, presumably they're going to be in the competition, too, and it seems like there's been all the, you know, the hype and talk about, well, they're going to get a transfer quarterback. You know, who's that going to be? And and you figure if a transfer comes in here, he transfers in here expecting to play. So um, I just hope that guys that they've recruited in the past get an opportunity to compete, a fair opportunity. And then you've got a quarterback in this recruiting class. So um, you bring in a transfer, you've got pretty good competition, I would say, in that quarterback room at that point. Mike, uh, a thought on on just the the staff mesh. Uh, Donovan Raiola is pretty succinct with with his answers to questions, and really in a good way, intense, right? Uh, and and that's what you you want on the O line. I think Coach uh, Whip is 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 a guy that's going to put that quarterback position. At ease from a from a pressure standpoint, like it, it, they need to perform, yeah. But he's a guy that I think is going to be able to to absolutely mentor them. And then, of course, uh, we we've touched on Coach Joseph, but I think without having a crystal ball, I think Nebraska did a pretty good job of getting three three of the openings filled. Yeah, I think so. And you know, Mickey talked about uh, his relationship with. Uh... Uh, Coach Whip and mm-hmm. and uh, it, it goes back and there's a connection there and yeah I, I I think they'll I think they'll mesh well now you got to get a running backs coach and uh, slash uh, uh, special teams coordinator um, I'm still maintaining that uh, they got to have it, you know that that coach does something other than just deal with special teams but uh, um, yeah I think that the staff is coming together you, you know you've got to have that. You've got to have that connection as well, I guess. Um, uh, in addition to the in addition to the players that are coming in, so um, you got to feel good about that. And I, you know, I thought it was good that they were available to talk today, and and uh, you get a sense of uh, where they're headed. Mike, a thought on on the class, smaller class, also some potential uh, word tomorrow with a couple of kids signing Friday, and then. You know, February will be big as well to round things out, depending on what attrition looks like. But overall, um, from a ranking standpoint, not as high as past classes, but I think Nebraska was pretty selective with where they wanted to go. Yeah, I think so. I think so, and I hope that was the case, because I've, I've always maintained that, you know, you don't necessarily look at the ranking, and that's one of the things that I, that I felt like maybe Bill Callahan, you know, during his time here, um, he went after the top-rated guys, um, not necessarily guys that would fit the system, but you get them here and then you try to make them fit into the system. Um, the key is what you want to do is get guys 
who fit your system, you know, that, and it, to me, then, that doesn't necessarily matter how many stars there are after the, after the, after the student-athlete's name. It's whether they fit your system or not, whether they meet your needs, because you're going to be the one that's going to coach them up. And uh, do they have that ability? And that's, that's what I, how I would evaluate this, this class is, do they fit the system? And, you know, Scott talked about he wanted to be kind of close to the vest on that, you know, what he wanted to do offensively. But uh, do they fit the system? If they do, um, you know, that's great. And, uh, you know, I said offense, but uh, of the 11 guys announced today, what, uh, seven of them were defensive guys. Mike, uh, you had a chance to, to bump into Trev. Trev had a good-looking tie on. Yes, he did. He, he did. <laughs> Surprised Trev was at the presser? No, no, no. He's, he's somebody that, you know, he's just going to be involved from the standpoint of being there and being in support of his coaches and, and uh, you know, see see the media and, and just be accessible. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. I, You know, I'm, I'm biased because I'm a big Trev Alberts guy, but – um, yeah, it, it didn't surprise me that he was there, no. Last thought, Babbers. What did you think of his statement on, on the Hoiberg and the rumor stuff? Well, you know, I'd heard some of that rumors, too, and, uh, you know, he came out and made the statement, so I guess that, uh, you know, there, there's not the concern that the rumors would have implied. But, again, be ahead of the, ahead of the curve on things and, and uh, take the lead on it. So um, I, I stand behind whatever he said. If you can rate Trev Albert's tenure as a whole up to this point, we know it's only been a couple of months, but you said you're a big Trev Albert's guy. Uh, what would you grade his performance through the first couple of months on the job? Well, I would, I'd give him a, a really good grade because, again, I'm biased. Part of it is, but but I think that he, you know he said the right things and been supportive of Scott Frost and helped help make some difficult decisions already um, with the with the release of uh, assistant coaches and. You know, he had to be involved in that part of the thing, part of it as well. And that, you know, that says that he's willing to make the tough choices when when he has to, because it's not something he probably necessarily wanted to do any more than he wanted to get rid of football and wrestling at UNO. But um, you know, it had to be done. And he's he's shown that he's one that can make the difficult decisions when they have to be made. Mike Babcock with us, uh, Husker Football Insider, historian, author, Hall of Famer with Hale Varsity Magazine, HaleVarsity.com, and uh, follow Mike on Twitter at MDBabs. Mike, thanks for the time today. Appreciate you, and uh, we'll do this again. Thanks for having me, guys. Be safe. You too. There he is, Mike Babcock with us. So Nebraska able to land Emmett Johnson, Justin Evans Jenkins, really talented old lineman from Jersey, and uh, Jaden Gould. So that back-to-back Jersey connection was big. Yeah, and uh, what's the offensive lineman's name again? It's Justin Evans Jenkins, isn't it? I'm going to have to remember that one. Yeah, Justin Evans Jenkins. He's a little bit undersized compared to what Nebraska's recruited on the offensive line traditionally, only about 6'2", 290. Uh, so we'll see. Maybe that's a little bit of a shift in what Nebraska wants to bring in along the offensive line moving forward. How many times has Coach McBride said, get those uh, smaller guys at guard and let them just go bulldoze you when it comes to some power football? We'll uh, check in. More recruits on the way on signing day 2021. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity radio show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, 
our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Signing day 2021, Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hope you're doing okay with all the weather that's gone through the region, wherever you're hearing us, up in Columbus or out in central Nebraska, Carney Hastings, Grand Island. Hope you're all uh, hanging in. And, of course, uh, Lincoln in a tornado warning up until a little bit before 4. So, uh, you know, be safe and be uh, healthy out there. Uh, coming up, Greg Smith, recruiting insider, going to be with us, reminding you about buckling up game preparation and repetition, predict success and winning. Drivers and vehicle passengers who always use their seatbelt will increase their survival chance if a crash should happen. Remember to always buckle up a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. Uh, we are going to effort. The uh, offensive lineman from Omaha North, Northern Colorado's Kevin Williams Jr., uh, scheduled to be with us. Gabe Stanger also, or Gage Stanger uh, from uh, North, I should say from Millard South, uh, going to be with us here in about uh, seven minutes or so. So if uh, we need to reconnect with Kevin Williams Jr., we will do that. Uh, numbers to get in at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Numbers to dial up. Follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. You can always email chris at hailvarsity.com. Nebraska's got a good mesh going on right now. And uh, you look at uh, some of the portal additions. Bushidi, uh, the punter from Montana, a monster get Bleak Road, the uh, kicker from Furman. Of course, Tommy Hill. Coach Fisher's done a nice job of talent acquisition when you look at uh, some of the high-star guys he's been able to get out of the portal. And uh, that is Tommy Hill, and that's uh, Tariq Johnson a year ago. And, uh, and Kevin Williams, no exception uh, when it comes to getting kind of a position of need. You want to get an offensive lineman. Uh, and Kevin Williams played a lot of football and is a guy that uh, when it came to uh, entering into the portal, he's uh, a dude that's experienced. He's 22 years old. He's 6'6", 350. And uh, he's a guy that's really matured as he's uh, gone through his college experience. So he is someone we're going to speak with here in uh, just a moment, Kevin Williams Jr., uh, on the offensive line for Nebraska, for Nebraska, and uh, we will check in here with Williams uh, right now as Elijah's getting him uh, locked in. Uh, we say hi to Kevin Williams, uh, Jr., on the offensive line uh, from northern Colorado to Nebraska. Kevin, thanks for joining us here on Hale Varsity. How's your day? So far, so good. It's been crazy, man. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I bet you are excited. And kind of take us through your... I guess priority list. What was most important to you when it came to finding a new school? You know, for me, you know, coming out of high school, you kind of worry about little to small stuff like uniforms and facilities and kind of like different things and the tweaks they can give you. This time around, I was more worried about the coaches and what the expectations was and how the culture was with the team and really kind of just 
how the mesh level will be as far as, you know, being coached by them and you know, how I can take feedback from how they give feedback and how they run everything and what their priority are as a team as well. You know, what do they see what do they see in the future as for the team and what is their intention behind everything? You know, meeting with Coach Riola and Coach Frost and Coach Whipple, that's what all my biggest priority was is kind of see what's their feel if I can be on the same page as them, can I get them what they expect from me? You know, can I exceed here? Now, whenever you were graduating high school, going off to Northern Colorado, did you ever see a future where uh, you yourself would be a Nebraska Cornhusker five years, or I guess four and a half years later? No, honestly, I didn't. You know, when I was the old staff that recruited me in high school with Riley, and they wanted me to walk on, and I had offers, so I was kind of like, you know, I can't put my family in that financial bind. So it was more of a thing like, you know, I'm going to go get my degree for free. That UNC gambled on me, I'm going to gamble on them. And, you know, I stayed loyal so as long as I could. Now, coming back around, they kind of were more or less like, we missed you once, we don't miss you again. You know, you're from here. You know, it's a different type of pride when you're from here and play for Nebraska. So that was one of the biggest priorities in recruiting me as well, was just knowing that, like, it's a hometown thing, you know, and uh, they can't let me leave the backyard again. Kevin Williams Jr. with us, Hale Varsity Radio, signing day 2021. He's uh, an addition from the portal, a big get for Nebraska. Uh, always need depth and help and talent on that offensive line. Kevin, what was uh, your impression of Coach Raiola? Uh, I love Coach Raiola from what I can tell. I can tell we can get along just fine. We speak a lot of the same language when it comes to techniques and what he expects. It was kind of fun sitting in the line room with my family. You know, they never get to see that kind of side of football where you actually sit down and dissect film and talk about techniques or protections and, like, you know, rules and stuff. So sitting there kind of asking them what he expected of me and how he's going to teach certain techniques. A lot of techniques he kind of teaches what he expected. You know, we turn on the film, I was kind of doing a lot of that stuff he wanted, and his culture points perfectly. So I feel like, you know, naturally being able to kind of relate and do what he wants me to do is going to help me a lot in the long haul and accepting feedback and kind of knowing what he wants to, how he wants me to perform. So I'm really looking forward to it, honestly. You know, his brother played in the league for 14 years. You know, he kind of said he'll help me be a, be a mentor for me as well. He's done what I want to do. He's seen what I want to see. Like, I don't know what I don't know. So I'm very excited for the opportunity to come up here and represent, you know, Omaha and play for Nebraska and have my state across my chest. Kevin Williams Jr. with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Kevin, we've heard a lot about Coach Raiola and how much of a technician he is along the offensive line, just knows his stuff, uh, is really good at instilling technique. And you're telling us that whenever he sat down with you recruiting you, he pulled up your film and, and told you how he would help you improve if you came to Nebraska? Definitely, yeah. You know, we sat down up there in Nebraska. We watched the CU game, first few drives. You know, with T-Lane, number 54, he's supposed to project the draft pick. And he had zero hurries, zero rushes against me. Next week he had two sacks and a fumble against Texas A&M. So that kind of helped my name a lot as far as get respect around the country a little bit. So, you know, he's just kind of just nitpicking a little bit, you know, as far as footwork goes and hand placement and punch and kind of what my aim points are and what I'm looking at as far as pre-snap. You know, it was just kind of dope to kind of pick his brain a little bit to see, you know, he came from the league and he knows what they're looking for, how to evaluate talent and what they expect up there. So if I can exceed his expectations, then I know I can make it as well. So the, the NFL background was, was definitely a selling point for you? Definitely. You know, that's what I want to be. And that's my goal. That's what I'm working to do. I don't want to just make it there. I want to actually play there. So, you know, by doing that, you got to dominate college. And if I can come in and do that, and do that in the Big Ten. I dominated the FCS. I played FCS, played well, had a great career on there. So if I can come to the Big Ten and do that as well, then, you know, that sets me up for my future. And, you know, he knows exactly what they're looking for, being an assistant line coach for the Bears. Like, he knows exactly what they're looking for. He helped the Bears turn around their program for the most part, too, over the past five years. So, you know, I'm excited to see what he has to say, see his perspective and hear him out and uh, apply his coaching points. Kevin, what do you think about your own game? Uh, A, give me somebody you model your game after, and then B, give me what you need to improve upon, what you want to work on over the next nine months to, to get on the field in the fall and be more like that person you want to become. 
I watch a lot of Trent Williams, Quentin Nelson, you know, Taylor Lawrence. Really, you know, anybody in the league for the most part, you know, DB Sport, you got all the NFL games. So sometimes I'll just turn on like Raider film or San Francisco film or even Dallas film and just watch all positions kind of to see what I like and don't like, kind of see if I can apply culture points I've had in the past and kind of just, you know, compare and contrast how to emulate them because, you know, they can pay millions to do what I want to do. For me, my biggest thing is I got to keep staying consistent with pad level. Sometimes I get tired and I get a little bit high on my pad level in the run game. Sometimes, you know, my footwork can get slapped if I get tired trying to get focused on killing so much. So I think he helped me out. he'll help me out a lot as far as staying calm and being, you know, controlled aggression throughout the game. Uh, you know, just you know, we're winning the line of scrimmage. You can't have bad hat placement, bad hand placement. All it takes is one snap to lose. So I want to make sure I'm more consistent with that because, you know, when I'm fresh, I feel like I do it pretty consistent. Is when I get tired, when you get tired as well. So just make sure, make sure my condition's up to par where I don't get tired and I can keep my pad level low and stay aggressive. Kevin, we'll do this again. Thanks for giving us a couple of minutes. Congrats on your day. Thank you. All right, Kevin Williams, Jr., uh, transfer in from Northern Colorado. Omaha North dude uh, could be big time for that Nebraska offensive line. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Excited to chat with Millard South's do-it-all man and new Husker signee, Gage Stinger, with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Gage, we actually got the chance to chat with you back over the summer of uh, the Warren Academy's Future 50 event, but there was one main difference at the time, and that's that you were a Kansas State commit. So I, I just want to have you take us through this process here from what changed from over the summer whenever you were at K-State uh, to now being a Husker commit and signee uh, as of today. Uh, well, just having the senior film that I had and the Nebraska coaches being able to evaluate that more and then taking a second look at me and then finally being able to extend the offer, just getting the opportunity to play at Nebraska meant so much to me, so I knew I had to take it. Now, Gage, we actually had Coach Frost up at the uh, his press conference today mention you by name, saying they weren't quite sure what they want from you next season, whether they want to put you on defense, whether they want to put you on offense, because you showed yourself to be capable of doing both. Uh, during your career at Millard South. So, so I want to ask you, if you had the option, I know the coaches are probably going to do what they want, but if you had the choice, would, would you be a defensive guy or an offensive guy? Well, for my choice is I'm just going to continue to work in the winter and the spring on throwing with uh, Bronson Marsh and Riker Fives. And then when I get there, just having the opportunity to play quarterback or like the chance to work out with Coach Frost, I'll for sure do that to start. And then uh, wherever they decide to put me, that's where I think I'll be my best fit. You're a guy who, who likes contact. There was a great Journal Star article about you uh, earlier today uh, about your willingness to go in and create contact and not shy away from that, even at the quarterback position. Uh, so how do you think that will, will translate into your college game, knowing now that, that you're not, uh, not opposed to contact? Uh, well, on the offensive side of the ball, I know that like with the def- with the defensive players being a lot bigger and stronger, I know I'd have to take some, maybe some different, or like add some different skills to my bag to continue to work on that. But on the defense side of the ball, I know that having loving contact will help me a lot if I do end up playing defense. Gage, I want to ask you about this 2022 class as a whole. Uh, have you guys gotten the chance to to get together and get to know one another? I know in previous years there's been group chats that have been created as as the guys try to come together as a class. Has there been any of that in this year's uh, Husker football recruiting class? Yeah, we do have a group chat on Snapchat, and we have talked to it. Like, we talk in it, like, every day. But we've had a couple calls where a bunch of the guys have joined, and we've talked to just about 
football and life and everything. Are there any guys in the class that you think you're you're, you're closer to than uh, than others? Uh, well, I talked to Ernest quite a bit from being from Nebraska, and then next year or in the spring, uh, me and Jake Applegate are talking about working out at Slat together and then rooming in the summer. Now, last thought, Gage, before we let you get out of here, uh, I want to ask you about your your ability to play multiple sports and how that helps you into your college career. I know you, you took some time out of your day here uh, to squeeze us in before you go off to basketball practice. Uh, so tell us a little about your game on the hardwood and how you think that can help translate to, uh, to a college football career. Well, I just think uh, playing multiple sports builds toughness. So I like that a lot of kids in Millard South play multiple sports. I think it helps you on the football field and then also helps you when you're playing other sports, just having that level of toughness to be able to compete at that high of a level at two different sports or three as some kids do. I know I said last thought, but I do have one more for you. The new assistant coaches at Nebraska, Mickey Joseph, Mark Whipple, uh, Donovan Riola, have you gotten the chance to talk to them at all? I know the Husker coaches see you maybe as offensive guy, maybe as a defensive guy, but have you had any conversations with those new assistant coaches? Uh, I have not, but I know uh, some of the recruits have, and they said like really good things about them, so I really like to hear that. Gage, we'll let you go, uh, but good luck on the hardwood this winter and can't wait to watch you playing for the Huskers this fall. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to an Hour 2 Signing Day 2021. Hail Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. As uh, we had a good chance to check in with uh, Gage Stanger. Kevin Williams Jr. from the portal from Omaha North to Northern Colorado. And out of that offensive line in Lincoln. And uh, kicking us off was Ernest Hausman from Columbus. We welcome in Recruiting Insider with HailVarsity.com and Magazine. Greg Smith with us, and I think I, I'm hearing that ice melt a little bit as he's pouring maybe a bourbon or so to celebrate another signing day. Job well done. Greg, I won't ask what glass number you're on, but uh, well done, sir. <laughs> How you been? Thank you. Um, I am good. This has been a day. Like, it's always a day uh, on early signing day. Um, especially this first day, but uh, between this and the weather, mm. it, it's been uh, quite eventful. Uh, how's your pup doing? I know Gertie, the German Shepherd, got crazed in the basement with Junior, so he had to go to the uh, the, the non-finished part and, and make sure both pups were doing okay. 
Uh, Lola the Schnauzer mix is currently sleeping next to me after making it through all of that. So, uh, but you could definitely feel the nervousness over there. Did, uh, so yeah, the dogs the dogs take it uh, very harshly. Did you uh, reach for the hemp treats as well, or no? <laughs> I should, uh, but no. You mean you mean for her? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you sound too with it right now for me to say it was you. Uh, Greg Smith's with us. We're streaming live here on StreamYard, so you can watch uh, our chat with Greg Smith here on Twitter and on ESPN's Twitter and ESPN's Facebook. Of course, uh, follow Greg and Hale Varsity. So who's the biggest surprise today for you? Uh, of of the, the class, either Portal or high school, who's a guy that you're just still kind of like going, all right, that was a great close by Nebraska? Oh, man, uh, first name that came to mind was Jaden Gold, uh, mm-hmm. the four-star defensive back out of New Jersey, Burton Catholic, um, 6'2", 200. Uh, his coach definitely let me know that every site lists him as about 190, 185. He said he's bigger than that now. He's 6'2", 200, uh, which is great to hear, right? Uh, but Nebraska being able to close that deal, considering um, him being a longtime USC commit and then the other options that he had, like he did not lack for options. I think he had 38 scholarship offers. Um, so once he left, the USC class. He had plenty of other places he could have gone, uh, but the Huskers do a really good work in New Jersey. Uh, he was one of two New Jersey natives in this class. Uh, Mike Dawson is, is college, former college roommates with his head coach out at Bergen Catholic and the Ramir Johnson factor as well. The Huskers are building something nice, uh, which is smart um, at Bergen Catholic. Greg, it's kind of hard to have a guy fly under the radar in a signing class this small, but are there any guys that in your book might be flying under the radar either from fans or from media just in terms of what they could be bringing to this team? Yeah, absolutely. There's two of them, actually, and you're right. It's extremely hard for that to happen anymore in this day and age. Uh, first one is on the offensive side of the football, and he committed today, Justin Evans-Jenkins. Um, he's the other guy from New Jersey. He's from Irvington, which is actually the same high school as Makai Gabor, um, the linebacker who joined the class last year. I think he's a kid that Scott Frost mentioned today. He loves his aggressiveness and passion. Um, he wrestles in high school. I think he could potentially be a center option down the road for Nebraska, um, for Donovan Rayola as he kind of reshot reshapes that offensive line. Um, and then on the other side of the football, Malcolm Hartzog, uh, the defensive back out of Mississippi, um, who was just named kind of the player of the year down there in 3A, also was the MVP of the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star game. You know that there's a lot of talent in that football game, um, and he stood out there. I think that he's a guy that was under the radar, too. Um, and I think both of those guys could have bright futures in Lincoln. Greg Smith is with us, uh, recruiting insider with HaleVarsity.com and magazine at Greg Smith HV. Greg, uh, a, a big get for Nebraska around 3 o'clock as we were wondering if we were going to blow away or not on the sixth floor at Memorial Stadium. Emmett Johnson, uh, player of the year out of Holy Angels in Minneapolis. What do you like about Emmett's game? And is there a running back comp either at Nebraska or around college football or maybe on Sundays? Is there a a style that you see Emmett similar to? Man, that's a that's a great question because the the way that he runs, like he's not the fastest running back, but he's slippery. Um, he's more shifty than he is just straight line fast. Um, and so we've seen other backs mm-hmm. like that. He's a kid that you know we're talking about guys that were under the radar. Like what's it never happens anymore either that guys go that far under the radar through their senior year and then have the type of year that he had up in Minnesota to be named Mister Football. I mean, he had twenty five hundred yards and forty two touchdowns running the football. 
and a, and a good class of ball up in Minneapolis. Um, and so you just don't see that kind of happen. But I'm really intrigued on what happens with him going forward, um, just because Nebraska, with that running back room, still it's high-level competition because there's a lot of guys in there, but you're still going to need someone to actually take the mantle and run with it, um, and he'll be in the mix next year. He told me that one of the reasons why I picked Nebraska was because he wanted the opportunity for early playing time. Brody Tagaloa, uh, great job by Coach Tuioti to, to land him. He's out of De La Salle. Uh, that's a power name. Defensive end or, or, or tight end, do you think he sticks defensively for Nebraska, uh, knowing the, the tight end room they have? Yeah, I think that that's probably his future just because of what's going on at tight end and what Nebraska, what you project them to be able to continue to do. I mean, they already have a guy, a four-star guy uh, for the 2023 class who are already talking about them um, and Ben Bramer out, out at Pierce. Mm-hmm. So that tight end room is really tough with competition. Uh, so I do think the defensive line is probably the way to go there just because of that, but also because I think that his frame allows him to continue to put weight on and be versatile on that defensive line, uh, which is something that Nebraska really looks for. You've seen other guys like Ty Robinson, either Casey Rogers can play inside, outside. They like to do that. That helps you get out there on the field. Yeah, another guy we're not sure if they're going to be offense or defense is a guy we just finished talking to Engage Stanger. Uh, and I think most of the recruitment, we were assuming he was going to be playing outside linebacker. But then Scott Frost got up to the podium today and said they're, they're going to give him a go at quarterback as well and see where he sticks and stays. So where, where do you think that he is going to be seeing the field as a Husker? Is it going to be on that defensive side or on the offensive side? Yeah, I think that it's ultimately defense for Gage. I know that, and there's been a, a lot of movement here on which side, but I think that um, he's just such a good athlete, and we've, we've always seen him play over the years here um, and star at Miller South, and you know how good of an athlete he is. So I think he could play either offense or defense, but I think defense is where he ultimately lands, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's in, next, in that next group of guys being groomed to potentially be that JoJo Doman um, nickel kind of a role. I think he's got that type of athleticism to be able to give that a shot. Greg, overall, what's your takeaway with the in-state talent Nebraska did get uh, from a scholarship standpoint? We just talked about Gage, of course, uh, Jake Applegate, and we've both watched him for years at Southeast do some special things, and uh, Ernest Hausman kicked the show off with us, and he's such a special, special uh, young man. Uh, So I know there's other kids around the, the state the last couple of years that have gone to some pretty well-known Power 5 programs and good on them. That's incredible. They have that opportunity. But the three Nebraska got uh, overall, what's your takeaway? I think they're, my take is that they're, they're pretty special kids and I think they can help the program. What do you think of the in-state hall? Yeah, I think that you, you nailed it. My my initial thought when you think about you know Stinger, Applegate, and Hausman, um, that they're all really really good kids. Like those are just great kids that you know are going to help the program in some way, shape, or form. Um, you're probably not going to hear you know a lot of bad things about them off the field. Um, they're going to be good teammates. But I also think all of them have a, a really interesting. Um, way to be able to help the team on the field because they're all kind of raw, right? And I think that one of the things that we talk about with these in-state prospects a lot is can you get them in your program and build them up um, to, like once they are able to focus on one single sport and, and see what you can get out of them. And I think all three of these guys have nice potential um, all on defense coincidentally could all be uh, at the second level of, of Nebraska's defense. Greg Smith with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Greg, there's been a name that's been going around Twitter. Husker fans seem to be all excited about it. And he's making his decision on Friday. That's Decoldis Crawford. And I guess my question here is, are we done for the week? Or should we be expecting more fireworks from Decoldis Crawford on Friday? 
<laughs> I, I think that I knew exactly where you were going when you said uh, <laughs> names uh, that Husker fans are liking. I think Nebraska fans should be cautiously optimistic uh, that Nicole Crawford will be uh, in the in the fold come Friday. The the big reason for pause here is for me at least when I'm kind of looking at these and these things happen so quickly with the prospect and where he wasn't on Nebraska's radar, Nebraska wasn't on his until Mickey Joseph got in the fold. Obviously, Mickey has a long-standing relationship with him because he was an LSU commit. Like, it just makes me nervous um, going into those situations. But it does appear right now that Nebraska has the momentum uh, in that recruitment. And he'd be a good get. He's a really talented player. Yeah, as a prospect, Greg, what, what do you like from him? Oh, he's quick and shifty in space. Like, he's one of those guys that can catch a hitch, make a guy miss, and then take it to the house. Like, he's that kind of a player. Um, I think the Nebraska fans would, would definitely be happy and lucky to have him if he gets into the class. And it'd be kind of a, a nice jumping-off point for Mickey Joseph to say, hey, I got that guy here um, when he wasn't on Nebraska's radar. If you give me some more time, I can get more talented players from down south, especially in Louisiana, up to Lincoln and see what they can do. Greg, I want to wrap the the additions today scholarship-wise with uh, Rich Torres, quarterback. Coach Frost said he was probably under the radar, under-recruited. We all saw his film and said, wow, with the arm and the size. Let's uh, project a little bit with Torres, what you like about his game, and then kind of mesh that with, uh, with Coach Whip. And, and what, what you think he can do with him? What, what does Nebraska potentially have in a guy like Torres? Yeah, I think that the, the marriage between Torres and Whipple is a really good one. I think the Torres has to be um, really excited about an offensive coordinator with kind of the pro-style element and pedigree um, that Whipple brings uh, to the table and his history of developing quarterbacks. I think that it's the perfect fit uh, for Richard Torres and his skill set. He's got a big arm. He's athletic enough, right? Um, but that, I would not say that that's what you would lead with when describing his kind of skill set. I think it's his arm talent um, that you go to right away. We saw the stats. You and I wonder why he was uh, more wasn't more heavily recruited than he was uh, because he has all the physical tools that you look for in a big time quarterback. Uh, so I think that Torres and Whipple should be a really good pairing. I laughed a little bit to myself with Coach Whipple in the roundtable. He's talking about forty five out of fifty quarterbacks have transferred. You know, you look at the top quarterbacks that have come out of high school and they end up somewhere and then leave. And it's not that they've been bad or haven't been talented. They've just found uh, maybe greener grass. Not all of them, but some have. And then he's like, well, I had seven quarterbacks at Pittsburgh and no one wanted to leave me. (laughs) And I just think, you know, the best way to put it is he's an old pro. And I mean that respectfully where he is going to be able to be, I don't know, almost grandfatherly or (laughs) – concierge so to speak with 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 the kids i mean just the way he talked about his relationship with with pickett yeah, I was struck by how, like, just how confident he was in talking mm-hmm. about his kind of, like, in, in talking about his accomplishments and resume and what he brings to the table. And, and I could just see kids really gravitating towards that, right? Like, I, it's not, it wasn't in your face. And, and I think we, we have the video up on our Hail Varsity mm-hmm. YouTube page. It just went up. So if you guys, you guys haven't seen it, check it out. Um, but he was just really matter of fact um, and down to earth. I was really impressed with him. And he's got the resume to, to back it up. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what he can do, especially right away in trying to get portal quarterbacks in here because he's got a strong pitch based on his history. He's got a really strong pitch, but he also, I think, 
I think he's believable when he can look a kid that's in a current room and say, stay here, I'll work with you, we'll get better. Right. And I right. think, that's and I think the, picket, the picket situation and how long that took gives you some, some real uh, cred um, in that as well, right? Last thought here, Greg, we'll get you out. Kevin Williams, Jr., really impressive dude. We just got done talking to him. He's hungry, man. He's hungry to play ball at a big-time level and beyond. I think him and Raiola are going to be really nice together. This is uh, potentially an under-the-radar get, isn't it? Just out of the portal for Nebraska. We don't know what the O-line's going to look like. I, I think is a man of few words, but th- those words will connect with the guys in the room. And I think getting a guy like Williams could be pretty good on the interior. Yeah, I think after I talked to uh, Kevin Williams Jr. This, this past weekend, and as you guys just heard from him, um, you immediately think, okay, this guy's ready to play. Like, I thought he'd play and strap it up tomorrow um, <laughs> if you let him. Like, that kid was really fired up. He had a passion for the Huskers, a passion uh, for playing offensive line. And I think him and Rayola are going to be a really nice match. Um, and I think that if he continues um, with that type of passion and hits the ground running when he gets here in spring, he's going to give himself every opportunity, or gets here um, in January for spring semester. I apologize. Um, he's going to give himself every opportunity to play a lot of snaps for Nebraska this coming season. Like I'm, I'm really high on him. What's your take on Dion, man? <laughs> Dion shocking the world, right? Um, that that's it makes it to where it's cooler to me if Dion sees this through and stays there, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was kind of where my mind went immediately. Like, cool, you got the number one player um, in the country, and Travis Hunter, he a kid that grew up idolizing you, and that was part of the reason why he wanted to go to Florida State, is he wanted to be like Dion. Now he just gets to coach by him. Hopefully, Dion is still there throughout his probably three years in college football. I thought Miami might go after Dion just to stick it to Florida State. Oh, that would have been great. I, I love kind of messy college <laughs> football things like that. I'm, I'm all in on it. Yeah, I, Dion, if he keeps doing things down there at Jackson State, he'll someone will be foolish not to grab him. Hell, yeah, I, absolutely. Like, I think eventually, like, it's just going to be tough not to. And I still think he's probably upset that Florida State did give him the job um, when they gave to Mike Norvell. And, you know, that we've seen how that's gone for, for the Seminoles. It's been nuts. Greg, amazing work with Hale Varsity. Uh, thanks so much for your time today. And uh, we'll get caught up again, bud. Yeah, absolutely. There's plenty still to come, right? It is. All right. There he is, Greg Smith. Follow him on Twitter for all the updates tomorrow. Uh, at Greg Smith HV will shift gears and get reaction from uh, Husker standout Andy Markowski with Big Red Basketball. Still more recruiting talk on the way. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, managing editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. 
Thanks for spending time. Signing day 2021. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Big thanks to Greg Smith, Ertis Hausman, Gage Stanger, Kevin Williams Jr. We're going to switch gears and, and get some uh, thoughts on the week that's been for Nebraska basketball. And uh, standout Husker Andy Markowski with us. Andy, thanks for shifting things around a little bit today. How are you? Uh, doing well, Smitty. Not a problem at all. Are, are you... Uh, I was just checking in with Junior during the break, and I saw footage on on Twitter of kind of around my neighborhood where uh, everything was blowing around. You guys safe and sound uh, over in South Lincoln? Yeah, no, same same here. Nothing. Uh, I haven't been out and about that much in the last couple hours, but just a quick PC outside. Uh, you know, certainly some debris and and stuff, but nothing uh, nothing big. No big trees falling or anything like that. That is good news. So I want to start off before we kind of peek ahead to, to Sunday. Your reaction, your read on things with, uh, with, with Trev Alberts, with Fred Hoiberg, and Trev's statement yesterday uh, regarding Fred and the NCAA. Andy, what, how have you processed, processed this here, the last 24, 48 hours, what, what was allegedly swirling around Nebraska basketball? Yeah, I mean, I, I never get – you know, too excited on, on rumor, you know, why, you know, a lot of people try to connect the dots behind the scenes. So I, I, I didn't, you know, buy into it. Do I not believe that cheating exists at, at the BCS level in basketball? It, it does, you know, it happened at Nebraska. I, you know, I don't know that to, to be true or false. I, I thought Trev uh, Albers did a, you know, a pretty good job of, of trying to get out in front of it pretty early on. Um, and and now you know Trev didn't mince words. He, he he didn't you know try to read in code. You know he he basically stated that the NCAA does not have a current you know investigation. I mean that that's about as clear as it can be. Um, you know so it it wasn't like he was you know trying to to hide behind something that maybe he knew existed. So I I thought he had head on. And, you know if there's not a investigation going on the only place that could be investigating it would be the NCA that could lead to any type of of probation or sanctions or or, or something where the coaching staff would get in trouble so um you know cheating exists nil you know is going to give it a lot of cover um that it, that has probably went on for 50 years but but now there's a legal legal transaction of, of money and i think we're seeing that you know with the first wave of, of football the transfer portal and all that and and, and basketball is even going to get worse because one player can can tilt the the skill uh, t- tilt the skills to, to to help a team maybe get over the hump or or get to the NCAA tournament or win a national title. Eddie, you coached in Division One for a while. Uh, you played in Division One for you know some really good Nebraska teams. As you got into your coaching career at that level, and this is a few years back, but. Was it was it painful to to go do it the right way and and lose out on a kid that to to a place? I'm assuming that happened. Maybe it did. I don't know. But just yeah, no, what was the climate yeah, like? Yeah, there. Well, the climate is if you're not cheating, you're not trying. I mean that that that's you know now you know the the the, the level of cheating um, is, is really you know where where things differ. Um, you know, are you paying? hundreds of thousands of dollars for a recruit? Are you making extra phone calls or extra contacts or getting extra tickets or, you know, getting them a good summer job? I mean, there, there's, there's levels of, of cheating that's gone on for forever. 
you know, but yeah, no, we, we, we were asked at my school to, to do it right. You know, in terms of even the amount of contact you could have with a kid in the week. And, and you knew that, that you're competing against schools that, that weren't playing by the same rule book. So that, that's always a challenge, but you know, in the end, um, you got to connect and, and you have a job to do. So, you know, yeah, you're going to miss out on kids that, um, you know, probably were handled differently than maybe what you could at your school. Um, but that, that's the nature of that business. And, and you, you, you know, it is that it's not like it was a surprise to, to any of us. And it's not a surprise to assistants or head coaches. Now, I mean, they, they know the game and, you know, they're asked to navigate it and, and figure out the best way to get kids to campus. Andy, the, the low hanging joke on Facebook and on Twitter this week was that uh, if there's any recruiting violations, we can't tell by how this team is playing on the court. Uh, so with this Husker basketball team, how they're playing on the court, give us a, a little, uh, not, not insight, but give us uh, your thoughts just on how Fred Hoiberg has assembled this team and maybe what has gone wrong in the recruiting process when trying to put this team together. Well, I'm not, you know, at every every practice or part of every meeting, um, you know, so just from the outside, you know, what, what, what I see um, are, are talented players i mean i think going into the year um you know you would believe that that you know some of the players that were recruited were were getting recruited by by bcs schools that were competitive that are competitive so i i think from a from an overall talent standpoint you know there was a lot of pieces to to, to try to fit together and, and 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 build a team um that we thought could be competitive in the big 10 now what what i see on the court is you know, a group that has failed to really buy into any role definition, uh, any toughness, uh, you know, any urgency of, of how hard you have to play, how hard you have to defend, uh, how hard you got to go after a loose ball or rebound. Um, and, and then, you know, maybe some of the players that were, were billed as, you know, great shooters or, or, or great offensive players weren't quite as good or we haven't been able to put them in, in positions to be, uh, as successful as, as, as what people had projected. So, you know, when you, when you put all that together um, and then you get McGowan's hurt, which, you know, was really one of the, 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 the tough leaders that you probably had in, in your program, that, that certainly didn't help. Um, but that, that's having him, uh, they, they weren't playing well early with him. So that, you know, that's more of an excuse than it is the, the, the main problem. So, you know, great, great question. I, I've been highly disappointed. Um, I, I feel like the urgency from Fred isn't there uh, as much as I would like to see it to be there. You know, frankly, the, the effort and, and some of the performances have been embarrassing. Uh, but then you, you know, you're looking at like an NC State game where you can go on the road and, and have a chance to win and, you know, maybe get a couple of bad calls late that affected the outcome. And, you know, that team went into Purdue and, and maybe outplayed one of the best teams in the country. So it makes me believe that maybe the gap isn't, you know, that big if, if they can find some, some areas to improve. But, you know, they've got to get a lot better uh, in a hurry. And, and, you know, it sounds like Fred might change and, and do some different things offensively, which, you know, kind of scares me because uh, their defense and their conversion defense and their rebounding, that's where they're – furthest behind so if you're going to scrap your offense and spend the next two weeks rebuilding that that tells me your defense is probably not getting the minutes in practice and and you're gonna to have to be able to defend a rebound if you're going to win in the big 10 couple more minutes andy markowski standout husker with us hail varsity radio at markowski underscore andy so what uh what to make a k-state what that, that's a chance to get right but 
K-State's got some some guys that are pretty talented, too. Kind of make or break Sunday. Is that fair to say? Yeah, you know, I mean, you start looking around at, at where where are you going to be favored, right? I mean, not just winning, but, you know, if, if, if Vegas was to, you know, throw odds on, on, on the games from this point to, to the Big Ten tournament, you know, you're only going to be favored a handful of times right now. You know, I think K-State is a team that – you know they've they've played uh, you know Marquette tough. They've they've uh, been competitive. I mean Bruce Weber, the Big Ten coach. I mean he's going to guard you and make things hard on you. So it's not like that's an easy game. But you know you start start looking down the road at at some of the Big Ten teams that you have coming in here and going on the road to tough environments. You know you hope you hope you can beat K State. And then you got Kennesaw State before Christmas and. You know, maybe just get some confidence back, or or, or the, the the kids believe they see the ball go through the hoop, and you know all that hopefully helps them at least get more competitive than what they've been in a few games of late. So, Andy, got to ask uh, Alexis from from uh, from downtown. Have you been working on three point shooting with her? You know, she's always you know have been able to shoot. Um, you know, and if you watch her play in the summer AAU stuff, I mean that's how she played, but. You know, in high school, um, you know, Coach Pesota was was pretty smart. He, he was going to throw it on the block to her for mm-hmm. for three years until somebody in Class A proved that they could stop it. And you know, sixty out of sixty one times, it, it, it worked. So, you know, she she's uh, worked hard to expand her game. She's had that ability. Um, you know, now that she's got some confidence and and the game's slowing down for her a little bit, ten games into the season, um, it was fun to to see her have a couple go in, but. You know, don't look for her to, to be shooting a bunch of threes. They, you know, I, I think they know what she can bring to this team, and that's you know, going in and, and being big inside and, and opening some of the perimeter jump shots up for the guards. Uh, but you know, her ability to expand her game is, is certainly going to help her have success down the road and into the bigger Big Ten because you know she's six two and a half. She's going to be playing against six four and five. So the more versatility she has, it's, it's going to help her be successful. So the next question I have is, how many threes did you attempt for Danny? Yeah, I was 0 for 1 in my career, Chris. So, you know, I, I, I learned really quick that a little point guard by the name of Tron Lou came into Lincoln. And I figured out, you know what, if I can just screen and ball screen and get him open, I was going to play a lot. So I, I, I focused my attention on, on getting Tron open and then going and happen to rebound a few that he missed. And, and that was a a good role for me. So I, I think my only three was my freshman year and it was the end of the shot clock. And if I, if I remember right, I don't think I, I drew, I drew rim. So that was my, my one failing uh, three point attempt in college. I'm sure Danny was colorful with his, uh, his descent on, on guys that were your size over the years shooting threes. I mean, I don't, I don't remember it happening a lot, but if a guy took a bad shot, Danny'd let you know, correct? Yeah, well, I, you know, it goes back to you know my comment on Coach Hoiberg as well. Like, like you know, at some point, you, you got to get kids to, to play and find a role, and 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 it's not just hey, come here and you're going to shoot a lot and we're going to score a lot and we're going to go to the NBA a lot and. Um, you know, I mean, you, you, you've got to get kids to buy into a role and play with a level of toughness. And, you know, I'm not saying that you have to yell or berate, but at some point there needs to be accountability to their effort and their performance. And, and that comes from a head coach. And, you know, when you're paid millions of dollars, um, you know, I think the crowd and fans and, and, and people around the program expect that. And um, up to this point, you know, we haven't seen it. But, but you know, I'm not saying Coach Nee had – every one of his teams that, that, that played hard, but we certainly competed and played harder than what, what we've seen this year. 
And yeah, I know your playing career is over, but as you've watched how the NBA and even college basketball has developed, have you developed a three-point shot yourself so whenever you play Alexis in some pickup, you can you can step out and, and knock one down in her face? I, uh, I'm smart enough to know that she passed me an ability about four years ago, Elijah, so I'm, uh, I'm the glorified rebounder for the family. So there's uh, <laughs> occasionally during COVID, I would – I'm getting a three-on-three game and run up and down, play with one arm. Uh, but you know, up to this point, um, it was it was rebounded, passed out to my kids, and, and let them shoot it. And uh, I'm I'm happier that way. I'm more successful, and <laughs> my focus is on my golf swing, which hasn't hasn't turned into success. But but at least I'm uh, at least I'm trying to improve an area. Like it, Andy. We'll talk soon, bud. Have a great uh, great weekend, and thanks for the time. All right, guys. Bye. <laughs> Like what you hear, high-quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a caught preteen Swedish boy. Winding down signing day 2021, it's Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and uh, time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. Dr. Brandon Seifert with us. Is, it's been a, an adventure today. Dr. Brandon, thanks for the time. You guys healthy and safe. Everyone all right? Hey, we're all good. It was a, a challenging drive today in the interstate, but we're all good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, we have spent a lot of time talking NFL wounded and injured let's uh let's let's revisit uh king henry derrick henry tennessee's been okay without him they're great with him and it's been a while since he busted his foot and uh two and two uh before last week's bye week as you look at derrick henry and and what he was facing with his rehab are you surprised, Dr. Brandon, to hear that he could be back by week 18, if not the postseason? Yeah, that would be a pretty accelerated timetable. Um, is it possible? Yes. Uh, but that's really kind of speed up that timetable, especially after that surgery. Um, not only you're dealing with the fact that you know, he's still you know, working on healing his bone, but also just a matter of how much time do you have to train to get ready, what's your fitness level, and obviously it's you know still so early in the game, he's probably still going to have some pain associated with that injury. You know, with what, what's what's likely to to happen if he rushes back? Is it he just deals with the pain, or could it go from bad to worse injury-wise? Yeah, you know, kind of a combo of the two. It's a great question. You know, so for him, obviously, there's going to be the pain issue, being able to deal with that, you know, hard those hard cuts off of that side of the foot where that surgery was. Uh, but also the risk of exactly if you start to you roll that foot again, you step just wrong, could you potentially re-break around that screw or obviously, you know, break away some of the bone that's formed um, at, you know, eight to ten weeks post-op. He's probably not completely healed at that point. He's probably close. 
Um, and so obviously there'd be an opportunity there to re-break that or refracture the area. Dr. Brandon Seifert's with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. We're talking the return of Derrick Henry, maybe by week 18 or the postseason for Tennessee. Let's revisit his surgery and spend a little bit of time on just how kind of delicate that region is, where the foot is, the fact there are screws in there, and it's it's surgery you guys have had to perform all the time uh, on athletes and guys and gals return successfully, but it's still pretty tricky, isn't it, just because of that screw and the blood flow? Yeah, absolutely. And so this area, you know, thinking anatomically, um, so it's called a Jones fracture mm-hmm. um, is what it sounds like, at least for the information that's out there. And essentially what that is, if you think about your foot on the outside of your foot, and of course there's a small toe, if you follow that small toe back to about the midfoot, there's kind of a little point that's there. That's called your fifth metatarsal, in particular the fifth metatarsal base. What happens is you tend to have two injuries that occur there. One occurs right at the very tip of that, which is where the tendon that attaches there pulls a little piece of bone off, and that's a totally you know, different story. That typically is treated non-operatively and has a fairly you know, quick recovery uh, protocol to it. On the flip side, if that fracture occurs a little bit more towards the um, the end of the foot, um, so within maybe about, oh, within an inch or so of the tip of that, there's an area that does not have great blood supply, and that's called a Jones fracture. Whenever you break that area, especially as an athlete, there's kind of a, a lot lower healing potential for that if you don't fix it surgically. So the vast majority of these, especially in our athletes, are getting fixed with essentially screws. You, you bring a screw in through that tip of that uh, bone bring it down inside the bone, get some compression to the area. It'll increase the bleeding in the area, which then, of course, really increases the healing rates, but also provides some extra stability there while you have the screw in place, which we typically leave in forever unless you have the issues. Um, and so that's what that looks like surgically. There's going to be a period of kind of non-weight-bearing for a couple of weeks afterwards, although we're being more aggressive about letting patients weight-bear pretty early on with these. <clears throat> but you still have to be careful about when you would do the uh, you know, aggressive kind of return-to-play type recovery activities. Dr. Brandon, what, what are some potential irritants with that screw? I mean, uh, you want to leave it in, but why would you have to take it out? I mean, what's the cause? Yeah, but, you know, sometimes patients will develop some scar tissue kind of over the tip of that screw that might be irritating. Um, obviously, if they, you know, re-break this, break the screw, you have to take it out, put a new one in. Uh, but very, very rare do you ever have to take these out. In fact, we don't like to take them out because when you do, it does kind of create a weak spot in that area. And if they're still playing sports, that's kind of a recipe to set them up for another fracture if you take it out and then don't exchange it with something else. Dr. Brandon, how much of Henry's size is problematic for that part of his body, that that foot, that that fifth metatarsal? And I ask because you got Demarcus Lawrence, similar body type is, you know, 6'3", 265, and just a freak athlete, so is Henry. I mean, think of the size of this back, 6'3", 250. I mean, that's you're asking your feet or that part of your foot, at least, to, to handle a lot of stress, aren't you, especially getting 30 carries a game? Yeah, you sure are. That's a, that's a great point to bring up. You know, and just looking at it from, yeah, kind of a stress-loading area, um, obviously the size of the patient's metatarsal plays a role there, which, again, the size of the metatarsal determines how big a screw we can put in, which is, you know, related to the force going through it and you know, what's the potential to re-injure the area 
or even have some kind of you know elasticity or kind of deformation of the bone occur with the screw in place. Obviously, you start bumping up the size of these folks, and then most of the time with that increased muscle mass, you're not really increasing the bone mass, and so now you're basically really kind of overloading that area that was you know never destined to have that much force going through it to begin with. Dr. Brandon Seifer with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center, a junk doc Wednesday. Derek Henry, our topic, could be back, uh, you know, in that lower end. Six to eight weeks was the window of, uh, of injury recovery, and uh, we'll see if, if he uh, straps it up against the fish uh, towards the end of the regular season in Tennessee right now, looking good for the postseason. Where can Derek Henry take him, or I should say take Tennessee, and that offense. Dr. Brandon, uh, stay safe. Thanks for a few minutes today. You bet, Chris. You guys take care. All right. Good stuff from Dr. Brandon Seifert. Uh, Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center, and pretty remarkable with Derek Henry where he's at. We've got an RSVP for tomorrow. Excited about that. Uh, Brian Buscini, the punter from Montana, will join us. It's been a good show, and uh, we ask you to check out uh, the podcast, Hail Varsity Radio, can do so Spotify, Google Play, or iTunes. Give us a rating, good, bad, or ugly. We've got a little bit of time here. Let's hear from Coach Whipple, uh, the whip, right? He has done uh, big-time things on offense. This is uh, about the quarterback relationship here uh, when it comes to how he's able to connect. Let's do cut nine here. And he really enjoys that part of this when it comes to coaching in college. That way. And uh, honestly, that probably was as a head coach for 21 years. And my last three years was just great with Kenny. It was great with Ben Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. Colt McCoy just texted me this morning. It was great in Cleveland. You know, he's my son's helping him there as with the Arizona Cardinals. You know, so it's just that's that's the fun part. That to me, that's down the road that you see. You know, it's, I hadn't seen Ben in like three years, and it's like we just start laughing, looking at each other. Like, Do you remember what we did and the things that would be the same thing with Kenny Pickett. So that's whoever the next quarterback is here. That's ten years from now is what, what I'm looking for. Pretty good guy. We'll hear more from Coach Whipple here as we wind it down. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. What final dime signing day 2021, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Thanks for spending your uh, stormy Wednesday with us. Hope everyone's all right, safe and healthy, and not too much damage. Big thanks to Ernest Hausman, Gage Stanger, and uh, Kevin Williams Jr. 
uh, for joining us, Andy Markowski. Greg Smith, uh, just all over it with recruiting for Hale Varsity. Get the new issue of the magazine. Log on, HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe. Take care of that Husker fan in your life this holiday season. Subscribe bundle. It's affordable. It's a special, and uh, you'll love it if you're a Nebraska fan. Uh, tomorrow on the show, we'll check in with Jeremiah Searles, uh, Coach Barnett. Brandon Vogel will be all over Husker Volleyball as they look to take down Pitt in the Final Four tomorrow night. And uh, we'll also run down Danny Burke, uh, Burke's Best Bets with Decent Sports Network. And excited uh, to have a conversation, too, with uh, with uh, the punter of the year, Brian Bushidi from, Maton- from Montana, uh, headed to Lincoln. Let's get a couple last thoughts here. Uh, the first part of the relationship discussion, it's so important to have your quarterback in the great in the right headspace, coach him up, tough love him, and also get the production you want more from Coach Whipple. But I, I just think the relationships are what's important. With a quarterback, it's different than any other. I'll spend more time with them. You know, as I said, hey, I'm going to went to Ben's wedding. He's going to be at my funeral. Kenny, I'm going to his wedding. It's going to, you know, I really don't go to many of the other. Not, I have some favorite players all time, but there's just more that, and I deal with their parents more. I dealt with Kenny's parents a lot, helping them. A lot of times he doesn't know. And, I don't want him to know, and a lot of times that, you know, there's it's a tough position, and, and, and so there's a lot of pressure here, and there's a lot of pressure in, in the NFL, and there's a lot of pressure to pit. So, you know, you got to be able to, to uh, they got to be able to have somebody they can trust and sound off and tell them the truth. And as I said, Kenny and I had some, we've had some real good hard dark. So by Ben and I, but knowing that you got the guys back, I think is the most important thing. And uh, last thought here from Coach Whipple, uh, that that relationship, that communication, but also kind of smelling the roses. Enjoy the opportunity. And kids don't realize it. They you know, they they think it's going to last forever. And this is like happen so fast. I try to get them grounded, to understand and enjoy the day every day. This is. You're a college football player. You're playing at Nebraska. You're playing in front of fans that love you. This doesn't happen, okay? This is, you know, the allure. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you got to have some laughs because it's the pressure part that way is, is keeping them grounded. It's got to be fun. When they walk in the building, it can't be off. It's like there's enough things out there. It's, it's, you know, I go back to Kenny. It's just like he hated the media when I got there. I said, look, man, come here. You're a sophomore. You want to play in the NFL? I said, yeah. And you better learn to be yourself in front of the media because you're going to be the face of that town or that state and everything else. So, and he's become really good at it. You know, just be yourself in that way. So, uh, you know, that's, that's – uh, those are the fun moments, you know. Yeah, seeing the touchdowns and all the things, but it's the other part of the field that I think is uh, what's really important. Good stuff from Coach Whipple. Back tomorrow at 4 with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A Huda Media Production.